Hello everyone, I'm Rachel, and you're listening to Let's Talk Avatar. This is a watch-through of The Legend of Korra. Isaac and I will be discussing each episode and giving our opinions on it. Just as a reminder, this podcast does contain spoilers for The Legend of Korra. This is a teen-rated podcast, so listener discretion is advised. everyone welcome back to the let's talk avatar podcast my name is rachel my name is isaac and today we're going to be discussing episode seven six six of season three of the legend of Korra. i wish you guys could see isaac's face right now the legend of avatar is a really good series i yeah, wish if you guys, you guys could watch, watch the it. legend of avatar yet check it out let us know what you think we're gonna actually be doing our next part of the podcast on the legend of avatar so they have another series i don't know what it's called but the legend of avatar that the series we're watching is called legend of avatar it's pretty good yeah, um, it's really secret though, so you have to have like special credentials to be able to watch it. So you actually have to be a part of the White Lotus. Yeah, sorry. Maybe you'll get there. Anyways, um, this episode is called "Old Wounds." Yes. And I actually liked it better than the previous episode. No, you didn't. Yes, no, I, you didn't. That's your opinion. I. This is my least favorite episode of season three so far. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this. I did want to say there was a special note. Oh, okay. So today I was trying to fix the curtains in my room because we have blackout curtains, but they're not big enough to cover the window. So light always gets through. And when I sleep, I want like complete darkness. And then I was watching the beginning of this episode and the lotuses unfold when it's daylight. And I'm like, I need a lotus to encompass me during nighttime. So no light gets through. That's but what then I, I feel like you're not getting like proper oxygen flow. I mean, I'm sure there's ways around it. Like they probably pump oxygen into their little lotus. Or maybe they have like vents. I don't know. They probably have some sort of mechanism for it. We'll find out in the next episode probably because that's probably how Zaheer's getting in there. Ooh, Ooh. True. Right. Okay. Um, was there anything that stuck out to you? I'll let you go first because I need to like... Um, I'm sure I'll... I'll have something to say off of what you say. Let me talk about what I hated the most. Okay. Let's just jump right in. Let's just Which talk Which I feel like Avatar. Rachel thinks I'm going to talk about what she hated the most in this episode because I already know what it is. I have a feeling Wait, I know what it is. Wait, you know what I hated most? But mine is so, so small. It's Bolin acting like he can metal bend. <laughs> why The is, whole episode, what? he's just like standing around like waiting them to ask him or like waiting to like yeah he's like watching what they're doing he's like mm. it's very bolin though i it guess is. it's kind of annoying because it's like okay like let's move on let's just get to it come on buddy like i'm tired of just waiting around okay also really effed up is when opal okay opal kind of started she made that comment and was like you're pretty bad and then he's like well you have issues too and then they're like yeah and then they start laughing. And they're like, look at us bonding. And they're like, we love each other. <laughs> it's like, okay. That's how, I mean, they're okay. perfect. They're perfect for each other. You do know what my least favorite part is. Lin and Suyin's backstory. I cannot stand their backstory. And can we acknowledge the fact that Toph is such a horrible mother? Like, she shouldn't have ever had children, in my opinion, ever. I mean, I could have told you that from the time I saw her as a kid, but... 
Horrible, yes, but also, this is going to sound bad because I'm like trying to justify her literally being a criminal and going against the, her own law. Um, Suyin, I guess I should say Toph saw the good in Suyin. And that's a good thing because look what she's been able to do more than Lin has ever been able to do. Yeah. For the, for well, the better. Just because you're a bad kid growing up doesn't mean you're going to be a horrible person. Or just because you make mistakes in True. your past does not predict your future. But I guess the I, I feel for Lynn because I'm like, wow, she was trying to be the one who please. I identify with Lynn because it's like. I identify I with Suyin, okay, which is me, really sad. Tell me that's not true, though. Like, knowing our family yeah. dynamic. I, I No, I, I... Can I tell you something? I, when I was watching this episode, I was like, that is Rachel. I am a Lynn to a T. I've tried my entire life so hard to please mom and dad. This is going to sound so, like, deep and sad. But, like, my entire childhood and teenage years were spent trying to please mom and dad and always trying to make them happy and then like keep you guys in check so you're making them happy and you guys never seem to care and so but then it's like the attention always went to you guys you know like I always felt like you guys got off easy you guys got everything not necessarily given to you but like I had to work a lot harder than you guys did for stuff you know yeah, I agree. And it's sad because it still kind of goes on. Um, but I feel like I mean, we're I getting we're getting to a spot in our own family where it's like everyone's e- coming into their own as an adult and Yeah, and whereas like Lynn has probably felt her whole life as a fictional character. Lynn has literally felt her whole life still like Feeling like she has to please someone. Yeah. Well, whether I, it's her mom who's not even in, in the picture anymore, or like st- prove to herself that she can do it, or prove to her troops or yeah. Tenzin, whoever it is. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, I could identify with Lynn in that moment, but Lynn holds on to a lot of resentment in that whole situation, and that's the one thing. Like, no matter how many times, like I could look back on the situation growing up and be like, man. And, and to be jealous of everyone else and the family and the way that it worked, like, that doesn't solve anything. It just makes you a more bitter, angry person. And for what? Like, that doesn't, that doesn't solve but anything. But you can see how someone can get there because when you're not in the wrong mm-hmm. and your family's treating you like this, they you kind of... They're treating you like you are wrong, even you, though you know you're not. And you can't force people to change. You can only mm-hmm. help them. You kind of have to wait for them to see your side of it, which sucks because... What if they never do? Yeah. And that's how, how Lynn has felt probably her whole life. Well, and and I mean, think about it with Lynn. She probably fought so hard for Toph's attention, but Suyin is the one that got the most of it, you know? And granted, she's the one doing, being the troubled child. So of course she's going to get the most attention because she's the messed up one. But it's also like on Toph's end, as a mom, she should have known to go to her and talk to her about it or at least be like what is going on like can we have an open open conversation about this but also the amount of pressure i would say i didn't really see the backstory but from what i gather from her toff's backstory after the last airbender she is probably the most hard-working like female in that show probably with the most on her plate right she's the chief of police and think about all that was all of the gangs that were going on back then. Probably way more than there was 
current day. I can't imagine Cora. like the demon she she battles in her mind. You know, like having to carry that burden and then to have this family burden on top of work, on top of like I just wonder the moments alone. I guess we we saw that she suppresses it, but when she gets to acupuncture, acupuncture, obviously it comes to light. Literally but makes like, her sick when she tries to get out halfway through. Yeah, even though he tells her, "Um, you're gonna get sick." Also, the way she got her scar, I hated the way they wrote that. See, this is actually how I feel about the whole backstory, and it's what's happening happening to me this entire uh, watch through right now. I feel completely different about their backstory and, like, how she got their scars because it doesn't have to be something that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was actually watching um, a concept artist talk about how to make a character stand out from all the rest. And it's, like, putting badges on their backpack because they're, like, a hard worker. Or, like, putting a scar on Lynn's face because of this. It doesn't have to be a crazy backstory. And I felt like they did a good job with that. Like, it's not just a little tiny talking point. It's like, this is literally, this scar resembles Lynn's character development. Even if it was just such a fast moment that happened. It's not that I'm upset that it was from Suyin. Just the way it happened is the part to me. And there's no, think about the situation. There is absolutely no resolution to it. They show the scene. She gets... The, the cord gets cut, hits her in the face, and then next you're in the office with their Toph, their mom, and them together. And Toph is tearing up their arrest report because she's the chief of police, doesn't want to have her daughter in prison. Why do you think the whole family is so fragile? Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it never gets acknowledged that now Lynn has this scar and has been hurt. Like, Suyin never got in trouble for or any kind of, like, discipline for what she did wrong and I guess that's why Lynn obviously is pissed at her I would be pissed too it'd be really really hard for me to want to pursue a relationship with a sister that has wronged me so many times and never had anything never gotten any discipline for it I guess like that's why I identify with her because it's like how and and that's the thing is it's like now she has this reminder on her face every single day of her sister that's dark you know what i mean like yeah she's always reminded of what her sister did to her and what her mom didn't do to protect her but just but to protect her sister and lynn was the one that wanted to walk in her mom's footsteps and be the cop be the right fighter yeah so you would so she's thinking like oh my mom like i'm finally gonna please my mom and yet yet again She's not able to, you know? Dang, this is a really... I didn't expect to get this deep with this episode. It's why I like this episode, because there is a lot to it. Because it's literally... Yeah, it, there is more than meets the eye, you know? Like, you, if, if you start to dig deeper, you can understand why their family functions the way it does. But it's also sad, because, I mean, you hear later on in the episode that Suyin and Toph have resolved it. And they tried to include Lynn and she refused, you know. So, again, that's her own thing that she needs to deal with. But I'm glad that they come to an agreement towards the end of, like, hey, like, we don't have to make huge strides right now, but let's agree to put this behind us and move forward because that was only hurting Lynn. And, obviously, Suyin had gotten past it. She had, like, forgiven it, let it go, and moved forward, which, again... Putting myself in Lynn's shoes, yeah, of course it'd be easier for her to do that. Like, she's been given an easy, like, given an out her whole life, you know? Yeah, I I don't, I don't know. I guess this is just me trying to 
think or trying hoping that there is more here in their backstory that we don't see so that it's not just so black and white because mm-hmm. i suyan is a very passionate com- like compassionate person yeah well yeah like i said just because she made mistakes or was this kind of person in the but, past doesn't mean but i'm she's thinking like something now. happened down the road yeah on her own journey that made her realize or made her i guess pay for her oh yeah you know I, that's i totally agree like think about be- it she was in the circus she was in that sand bending village like she was all over yeah, I'm her sure. Her whole life until she was like how old? Like 40, 50? And then she yeah. finally was like, I want to do something with my life. I'm sure there's had to had to have been something. Because a person just doesn't wake up one morning without some kind of intervention, whatever it may be, and be like, you know what? I'm totally changed. I'm a completely different person. You usually have to go through some kind of like moment where you realize, okay, I need to change my life. And it's that classic rebel trope. Of a character that never actually has anything because they're constantly running. And that was a big no on Toph's part that we've seen happen because she didn't foster um, the right, I guess, things. Like she probably gave them rules and regulations, but she wasn't always there. She was neglectful. And someone like Lynn didn't really need someone to be there because she's just, that's just her personality. She knows what's right. She wants to do right suyin was is more out there yeah well and lynn tried to be the mom for suyin but you can't in that situation you know and i think the thing with toff is she is just not capable herself of being there for her kids you know she's just not that type of person which i actually i like how they did that because if you look at toff in the show in the last airbender you can't imagine her having kids, right? Yeah. Oh, no. You can't imagine her parenting anyone. Yeah. Or let alone herself. Like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even as you see her, like, in the comics or start to grow up, like, it's the same kind of thing. Like, you can't really imagine her having to raise kids. She's more of, like, the, of, like, Lynn. You know, Lynn doesn't have any kids and she's dedicated her whole life to work. That's what I would have met, what I expected Toph to be at. But obviously yeah. she didn't. But I mean, think about, there's a lot of moms out there like that, that necessarily, it's not that they're such a horrible mom, it's just that they literally are not capable of raising children in that capacity, you know what I mean? And to be a single mom on top of that, like, it's hard, like, that's a hard thing. So I'm not going to say, I don't want to sit here and say that Toph's, like, such a horrible mom, I just don't think she has the skills necessary to be there for them. And, like, to paint this in a better picture, I think Toph did the best that she possibly could do in that, and with her circumstance. Yeah. I don't think it was, like, her doing it on purpose, or, you know, like, like you said. Like, a malicious intent. Like, it was Yeah, her. it was, it was genuine, like, this is how she thinks things should go, or this is, this is what she can do in that moment. Yeah, I agree. It's just sad to see how this all happened, though. Yeah. Like, look at someone like Katara, like, per- perfect family, and then, like, Toph, it's just, like, I mean, they still resolve their issues in the end, but it's, like... That's the, a, 30 the, years is a long time. The road to get there is, like, yeah. rough. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it is kind of a... I'm glad they included this kind of family dynamic situation because I feel like it's, this is a reality for a lot it's of It's way people. more relatable for us, too. Yeah, even though we had, like, both parents in our lives, like, the things we've gone through as a family... The fact that I instantly thought of you when I saw Lynn in that moment is, like, telling, you know? Yeah. I like that they included this because they don't really show broken families in avatar well they don't really show it in a lot of shows i mean recently they have started to like it's more of like modern time it's more accepted because it is people are trying to be more open about mental health and about the reality of life but before like when we were younger cartoons would never mention that kind of stuff because it was like taboo you know it's like oh my gosh we don't want to paint this picture of a horrible life or they would show it but it'd literally just be to show it not to dive into or like a glimpse yeah there wasn't really a message behind it which is what i like about this episode there's a message of you can heal from this, you can solve your problems. And you need to, like you. And you need, need to. You need to let go because if it you was don't, eating. It was eating at Lynn. Literally, she literally could not like step out of that blimp the first episode they went there because she yeah. was just like mortified of the pain, you know. Yeah. All the memories. I feel like that's the hardest thing, like forgiveness and forgiving people, especially people that have really wronged you and things you have really like grudges you've held it on, you've held it on to, you've held on to. For me, it's still hard. Like, forgiveness for me is something I struggle with because I don't, I feel like I don't necessarily like, I feel like, well, I feel like not forgiving people is holding grudges because you are like, just, it's just hanging on in your soul, if that makes sense. When you should let go of it and move on because just because you forgive someone and let go of it doesn't mean that you have to be around them or have them in your life because that's definitely there's some some situations you need to let go of and move on but you don't ever want that person in your life and that's totally okay but it's hard like that's a hard thing and so i i also liked at the end like suyin's trying to instantly get her to like be a part of her life and lynch just like how about i agree not to fight at your, like, like, like yeah, come over knock and fight at your you. door and kill you. Yeah, something. exactly. And it's like, yes, baby steps. That's the key is like every day making a conscious choice to move forward rather than like let those things eat you alive. I really like that little like small moment they put in there too because it shows you that it's not always like every other cartoon we've seen. It's not always like, yes, instantly healed, like instantly back in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I liked Suyin's response to Lynn in that moment because she came to her like sincerely apologizing and was telling her, um, you know, I was a troubled kid. And if our mom didn't send us away, I don't know where I would be. And she then Lynn was like, you'd be in prison. Like, (laughs) yeah, I felt like Suyin in that moment to that response would have been like, uh, yeah, okay, but that was a little rude. You know what I mean? And she just took it and was like, yeah, probably. And kept it very, like, calm and just accepted that that's where Lynn is at and that's okay for now because things will progress as long as they keep that, like, neutral ground, you know? Yeah. Dang, I was not expecting at all to get this deep with this show. But there's a lot to there. And to even think about, like, Toph's personality and how that pan, like, pan down to the kids. Yeah. And Lynn is very much like Toph in a sense that she's stubborn and stubborn more if you have more stubbornness in you you tend to hold more grudges yeah oh so yeah. It, it just makes sense that their paths kind of did this yeah well and when you're like toff and you're such a prideful person and you and lynn's the same way 
forgiving someone or moving forward is almost impossible because it's like, wait, so you're telling me I need to let go even though this person wronged me? Absolutely not. You know, like no one wants to do that because then you're admitting like you're having to humble yourself and be like, okay, I am going to let go of this. But you're also doing it for yourself to heal yourself, not for the other person. Something I thought was completely out of pocket was when Suyin and uh, Lin were fighting and Suyin's like, that's why Tenzin rejected you. I was like, no, 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 no. We did not need to bring up relationships into this. This is between you and Lin. This is not between. Okay, but how many people do that? You know when you get pissed, you're like, what's the quickest thing I can say to a friend? <laughs> but then again, it's like what Suyin would do because she is that kind of person. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing we have to remember is even though she has changed and she's matured a lot, she's still that type of person, that type of person, you know, she's still, that's who she is. There's some things that aren't ever going to change. I think of, um, I mean, you literally see it when she's with her friends stealing from places. Yeah. She's very materialistic. And Lynn is very much not that way. Yeah. She could care less, I feel like, what she has. And it's all, for her, it's all about pride. It's all about, like, her status, I feel like, rather than materialistic stuff. And, yeah. When she was, like, loner, I was like, geez. Well, you wonder why she's a loner? Because she has you as a sister. Yeah. Um, You can see both sides of it. You know, like, you you can't, you can sympathize with all parts of it. What else um, happened to this episode? <laughs> Cora learns how to metal bend in 0.2 seconds. Oh, yeah. I Congratulations. Mean, you're the first metal bending avatar. Wow. Well, it's like, no well, struggle there. Metal bending wasn't a thing until the last avatar. So, yeah. I mean. When Bolin was like, I'm more of a rock guy. It's like symbolizing, foreshadowing that he will become a lava bender, just not a metal bender. Yeah. Because lava obviously includes more rock than like metal. Um, Can we point out something here why is um what's her name the water arms girls mingwa driving yeah <laughs> i thought the same thing why is she always in charge of like no okay of doing so, things that require hands so she's my, the only one that doesn't have arms this was my thought process i was like fuck they're gonna find them in this truck they're gonna have to just book it with that yeah. truck so then they're going and i start seeing all three of them back there, and I'm like, please don't tell me Mingwa is driving this truck. And then the next scene is Mingwa driving the fun truck. I was laughing because I was like, no way. <laughs> she's literally, they, every episode you see her in since they've been together, she's doing something. They have her doing something that requires arms. But that just goes to show you how strong and how not limited she is not limiting to herself she is true but it's funny because it's, it's just like... funny because they are more than capable than her, <laughs> more capable than her to do the job but they're like no you know what meanwhile you can do that like that's fine you know if you think about it the red lotus all four of them added up equals the avatar all four elements now that zahir is a airbender true so i mean it makes sense why the battle between like, why there's such a struggle between them and Korra. Tell me how Pali's eye blast did not break the bridge. Or Gazan's, like, lava yeah. pool. I was like, the bridge is going to break. Right? You know, they had to do what they had to do without totally ruining the whole story. I would have loved this episode more if they weren't in it, honestly. Because I was so invested in the backstory. And then at the very end, they're like... I know where she is. And it's like, oh, this would have been so good if there wasn't Hold this on. like creepiness to it. 
How did he figure out in just that moment of sitting there? And he, he opens his eyes. He's I like, can she's only with ass- the metal clan. I can only assume he was projecting. That's, or doing that's some my sort theory. of like inner. Yeah. Zaheer. The thing with Zaheer that makes me like it obviously had to like be this way. It's a plot device, I would say. Is he spent all of these years studying airbending, even though he was never an airbender and he knows so much about this specific topic. Yeah. That it's like now that he's, it's almost like he knew he was going to be an airbender. That's true. That is really sketchy. Because he has the ability, it's like he's been an airbender his whole life. The way that he fights, the way that he is like open-minded and spiritual. Maybe it's because I think his ideology makes him that way. You know, he's kind of a um, anarchist. I yeah. think because airbending is so much of find, like, f- conquer the world within yourself. Mm-hmm. Not not in, like, an evil, I'm going to take over the world, but, like, make your own reality, I guess. They're so, like, inward yeah. in that way, like, spiritually. I feel like he kind of had to study that to further his... Um, political ideology yeah well it makes sense because the rest of the group is so capable when it comes to bending that they had to have at least it would make sense for them to have a person that is more spiritually inclined you know yeah i feel like they wouldn't get as far if they didn't yeah agreed but um i did not i thought this was gonna be like a 10 minute episode yeah, I did too. But- <laughs> we got deep do you guys agree with us how do you how do you feel about Anyone the agree sisters with us? Um, oh, I was actually, uh, thinking about this earlier. We haven't done this in a while, but who is your favorite character right now? Or, like, if you can't pick a favorite, like, to, like, to your top or something like that. Um, I am... And your least favorite. My least favorite is... I honestly don't know. I don't hate anyone. Right? Like this. even the even the the four lotus the what the four loco, <laughs> <laughs> the red lotus. The red lotus. I don't hate them. I don't hate them either. I actually am really. I they're such an interesting dynamic. Like their group is so, so interesting. So interesting that it's hard for me to dislike them. You know. Um, Mako and Asami have not had a moment. I don't think they had one moment in this episode. I don't think Asami ever... Oh, no. they Mako knocks on the door for Lun, but like... Oh, that was funny when Kor's like, so <laughs> who's like, gonna knock? Who wants to do it? And then she just opens the door anyways, and she's like, I'm a changed person. Yeah, th- okay, that was a little cop-out, because it's like, oh, I'm changed. Opal, let me speak to you. And then let me have this moment with my oh, sister. Oh, yeah. Opal, um, was... Which, by the way, Suyin would have been so understanding... More than anyone. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, because she agrees to go or she wants to go to the air temple. Which I'm glad she does because it's really... This is what didn't sit well with me with Suyin at first. It's the last episode. It was like, no, 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 no. You're the Avatar and you're going to train my daughter here. I hated that attitude. Karen mentality. So Karen. I hated it. It was like, wait... So you're going to tell the Avatar what she's going to do, even though she's trying to find other airbenders and fight against the Red Lotus or, or run from them. But are we forgetting what Suyin said at the end of the episode in terms of Toph? Toph gave them too much freedom, and now Suyin's not giving her kids enough. Well, yeah, but I mean, to still... It's one thing to keep your daughter there and be like, hey, I don't feel comfortable with her going, but to expect the Avatar e to train her people? there... 
Like, no, 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 no. And it's bring it back. Bring the beat back. <laughs> and it's honestly why the Red Lotus catches them at Zhaofu because yeah, the safest place. <sighs> obviously not for them. They're like I'm excited for the next episode. I am too. I already know what's gonna go down. I know the yeah. fight scenes in my head. I this when I think of season three, I think of the yes. next episode that we're gonna have for next week oh, because yeah. this is one episode I have never forgotten of season three. Mm-mm. I remember this more than the ending. Yeah. Oh, same. Agreed. We're probably hyping this up and then we're going to think something different next week. Because this moment is the moment where you're like, oh my gosh, they're here for her. Like this, it's starting to get real, you know? And the fighting that goes on between all of them. And correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they get her? I thought they do. I thought they took her. Don't they? Oh, I can't wait. And it's like Suyin, Lin, Mako, Everyone. Everyone's fighting. Uh, Suyin's kids. like. the art ho. The art ho the is there. Oh, when they hit his... <laughs> I knew. <laughs> they hit his sculpture. He's, he's like, like, actually looks better than before. <laughs> I was like, oh my. Okay, so we should just put up all of his art projects. I mean, someone needs to. He needs to be brought down to earth. I don't know if Suyin's better at fighting or if Lin was just obviously... I think Lin, what I... It's she was stunted say. because she had just gone through all of that. Yeah, if she was at her full potential. And she was blinded. Blinded by, by the light. Yep. Yep. You okay. guys a little singing every episode. I know you love it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, actually, I had to completely stop They're listening like, to this. We muted it after the first singing. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> I am Isaac. I'm Rachel. And we will see you in the next episode of Let's Talk Avatar. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find us on our website at nonessentialmedia.com, on Twitter at Let's Avatar, and on Instagram at Let's Talk Avatar. Join us next week for another episode. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.